Welcome to episode 165 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. And I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, as promised, we're back this week to talk about Aquaman. And Did we the, promise? Well, we, we were talking Aquaman and his... You promised. Don't put words <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> I only make promises that I can't keep. I'm not here to talk about Aquaman. <laughs> You're just here to talk about the one sea creature that he interacts with over the course of the entire show, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm here to talk about Free Willy. <laughs> oh, he did get his Free Willy moment. He did. Uh, but we uh, we will be getting to uh, the enemy below the next two-part Justice League episode in the series. Uh, but first off, some, and some news. Below. And God damn it. <laughs> that was honestly the smoothest it's ever I've ever said it. I wish I said it louder. <laughs> I, I'm just mad that you, you picked... <laughs> A perfectly good low-hanging dad joke, and I missed it. You missed it. I missed it. Mm-hmm. Just like Nemo. <laughs> Is that why you can't say it? Because like in your memory, I think so. I feel like everyone like did that joke back in two thousand three, mm-hmm. and then just forgot how to say it normally. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like how it was when a full culture shift. Yeah. You know, when you remember things, you don't remember when it originally happened. You remember the last time it happened. Yeah. It's a memory of the memory. Exactly. And so your memory of a, saying the word anemone is not being able to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I remember, are you going off on tangents? <laughs> Shocking. I no remember one. in the early 2000s, that free willy jump was like the most like tropey scene. Like every, everyone did a free willy scene. Yeah. And then one day they just didn't. Well, I think it wore out its welcome pretty quickly. Yeah. You can only have so many things jumping over other things. Right. With you, the sunset behind it. Exactly. You can only or make sunrise. that. Sunrise. Morning or night. I've never seen it. I don't Neither know. Neither have I. <laughs> I think it's in San Diego, so probably sunset. Shouldn't you know these things? Why should I know these things? Because you know all this obscure shit. No. <laughs> Are you yes, sure? Yes. I, mean, I do. Are you sure? Last week has made me question everything about myself. <laughs> Are you going through it's a, been a. It's been a real identity crisis <laughs> yes. this week. Ah, oh, there it is again. There it is. Oh, man. You're just hitting those dad jokes out of the park. Was that a dad joke? It's kind of a dad joke. How? I mean, it's a pun. Puns are basically dad jokes. Where's the pun on identity crisis? Well, because... Unless I'm referencing the comic identity crisis. Which clearly we're doing. I didn't mean to. Well, subconsciously then. <laughs> yes. Your subconscious dad is coming through right now. Papa, can you hear me? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, off to a great start, as always. But uh, a few things to talk about in terms of news. Um, why don't we start off with some of the uh, the sneak peeks we got this week? Some sneak peeks and trailers. Yes. Uh, we got our first look at the Animaniacs, the new Animaniac show that's coming to Hulu. Yes, it was announced oh, last November, almost a while at this ago. Point. Yeah. Uh, and it just no one talked about it after that, and so mm-hmm. it, it was a very much surprise. I kind of forgot about it. Uh, but it looks very cute. It's a lot of the original writing staff. It's the original mm-hmm. voice cast. Oh. Uh, they're also bringing back Pinky and the Brain attached to it, which yep. is great, which is probably just Rob Paulson being like, no, I want to do this again. Yeah. And like, well, you have to do this. Like, well, I also want to do that. I mean, they already had him. Yeah. So why not? <laughs> but uh, He likes to show off his range. I mean, he's so good. He's so good. I, I mean, I was super excited for this. Just one, loving the original show. But two, it was just so fun to see all of the cast back together which that, that's a bulk of the the um the preview yeah it's mostly 
behind the scenes footage, not yeah. much animation yet. Yeah, they do like kind of a, a, a quick swipe going from the old logo and animation to the new one. It's it's basically just a, a slightly tweaked, modernized version. I mean, it looks pretty consistent, I'd say, overall. It's not a drastic redesign, mm-hmm. which is nice to see. Um, but it's just so nice to see all them all them back together. You can tell they're just like so happy to be in the room together recording. Uh, I love that Maurice LaMarche, the voice of Brain, was wearing a pinky shirt yeah. during the recording. <laughs> so Animaniacs is... I would say best known for its musical numbers. Yeah, I think it's fair. Is there a song you want to see either revisited or a new song you want to see come out with the new show? Um, I mean, I, I would normally say that I would love to see them do a new version of The Countries of the World by Yakko. But so he has. He, he, exactly. Yeah, he, he's done that in his live shows. Yeah, he's done a, a new version of that. Um, I, I honestly surprise me you know that that's the thing is the show will throw these weird curveballs and they're always really fantastic so. i i would love wacko to explain the u.s government in song form oh my god <laughs> i mean ambitious that's, we kind of need it right now we need a reminder of how our government is supposed to work yes, yes. this is how it was set up and then wacko can come in and it's like but that's not how it's working right now. It's like, shh, 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 shh. Let me finish the song. Let me just finish. Uh, I mean, that is an actual good answer. The only other thought that came to my mind was that I would love to see a song all about the different Batmans because we've had so many that's <laughs> since good. the original series aired. I'm sure we'll get a parody. Because, I mean, we we now live in a post-South Park society where we're so used to, like, topical jokes in these kinds of comedies yeah i don't i i want to see that kind of topical humor out of animaniacs but i don't i think the news cycle is is honestly way too fast right now oh my god for it to be semi-topical so it'll probably be more broad episodes because i I feel like back in the day it was a little more topical yeah and it it was it was pretty on point but yeah like you said the news cycle was a lot slower back then yeah um, you know, now they go to write a TikTok joke, and by the time it airs, it'll be banned or whatever. I had... It's banned tomorrow. Great. We're recording si- Saturday. Right. Great. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, I, we probably should have started with this. Happy Batman Day, everybody. Happy Batman we're, Day. We're, we're recording this on uh, Batman Day. Uh, it's at my apartment, as always, so we're surrounded by Batman stuff. Cameron has the Batman pillow in his lap. Always. Yes. Uh, face up, not face down, you perverts. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Happy Batman Day. Happy Batman Day. <laughs> it's a day to remember oh very much so um yeah no i'm super excited for animaniacs i love that it's just gonna like show up in november and be like oh what a what a lovely heartwarming gift yeah that we all desperately need uh but the week before that we have another show coming out oh my god we got our first trailer first trailer i guess it's our first trailer for season two uh mando's coming back yes mm-hmm. it looks amazing it does it looks so good we see a moment where they're on an ice planet, if I remember correctly. Yes. Do are we gonna get matching father and son tauntauns? I would love that. I would I would love a baby tauntaun. So much for Yoda to ride. Yes. And he's like trying to eat it and Mando's like, it's stop. No, it's Just not, stop. Not a snack. <laughs> uh I, I also th- that was your thought was like baby tauntauns. My <laughs> thought was, oh, I wonder if they're on the the planet Ilum, which is where all the lightsaber <laughs> crystals come from. And it just goes to show the depths and disparity of our Star Wars knowledge. I, I, I'm going to go on another quick tangent. I, I had a, a unique experience last week that I've never had to deal with before, 
but I had to prove to someone that I'm not as big of a Star Wars fan as they initially thought I was. Yeah. I was talking to someone on a dating app and they're like, I don't date Star Wars nerds. Ooh, and I'm like, well, I'm strong words. not. And she didn't say it flat out, but that was, that was the, the implication. Uh-huh. And I'm like, but I'm not. And she's like, well, prove it. I'm like, how do, how do you prove you're not a fan of something? I honestly, I don't know. You can you can easily prove that you are a fan of something. Yes. Oh, I I I do that every day. Yeah, because constantly. When you, when you when you brought this up to me, I I challenged you by throwing out a, a series of very specific questions. You knew the answers. I knew to none. none of them. I knew none. Yeah. Uh, if I recall, they were what is the name of uh, Jabba the Hutt's sidekick, like his little uh, consigliere henchman person. I I don't know. I honestly get him, and then the Lando sidekick, Lobot, right? Yes, he's Lobot. Okay, I know him because he was in the star wars games yes the, the lego games uh-huh um but i have no idea who that like slug face guy is he's a he's a twi'lek and his name is bib fortuna okay yeah do you know the name of the guy who gets his arm chopped off in the cantina no okay his name is ponda baba <laughs> okay <laughs> do you know the name of the cantina band i oh they're i they they play jizz music they do yes they they um <laughs> Uh, I don't I, I don't remember uh, it's, anymore. It's Figure and Dan in the modal nodes. That's it. Yeah. Um, I have embarrassed myself just now. <laughs> this is how I feel every day. Welcome. <laughs> but you're right. It's very hard to prove that you're not a big fan of something. Yes. <laughs> so. And I can say that the date did not go well. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I... I'm super, super excited for the next season of Mandalorian. Um, the first season was excellent. A, mm-hmm. a few kind of like... Uh, that's skippable, but lesser episodes in the middle, but overall, like, really good storytelling, and you kind of hope that maybe this time around it might be a little bit tighter, possibly, too. And certainly the stuff they teased looks awesome. Yeah, and in the way they're filming, from what I've heard, it, it is very, like, it's a very COVID-safe set. So they, they yeah. are, like, they're continuing to film right now. Exactly. And I think they got a lot of it. everyone is green screen, all the backgrounds, all the crew. Well... The director, all green screen. <laughs> Every, everything's green screen. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a photorealistic John Favreau who's there directing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But actually, so gonna, but fun fact, it's actually Sean Gunn playing uh, John Edward, Favreau. Yes, wow, <laughs> nailed it, <laughs> nailed it. But I, I am going to correct you slightly. It's actually a lot of it's not green screen. So it's a uh, so, yes, yeah, sorry. It's and this is actually really cool, and that's why it's worth noting. It's a new technology, relatively new technology, which means that when they film, it's I can't remember the name. It's not the void. The void is what James Cameron, for instance, has his massive like green screen set. But essentially, they're filming in front of huge um, screens, like digital, like I guess LCD screens that have pre-rendered surroundings in them. So it's mm-hmm. like when they're you know, walking across Tatooine, you would assume like, oh, well, maybe it's they're actually on like Tunisia again filming or, you know, maybe it's just in front of a green screen. It's actually a digitally rendered background that is playing in camera behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think Gravity was maybe one of the first ones to start to do this. And then Nolan utilized it when making Interstellar. Um, okay. But this is like the, I think one of the first major shows that does it. And um, it's part of the reason they were the film so easily and why it all looks so good yeah i mean it helps too. that star wars only has three biomes so yeah that that does help a lot yeah it's like mm-hmm. all right let's wheel out the tatooine <laughs> you got the desert we, desert ice or jungle yep problem yeah no problem solved right away uh but no that does look really really good mm-hmm. super excited for it uh particularly i love the moment when um baby yoda recognizes that the man is about to kill some people he just like closes his own little shell that is adorable it's so cute 
Oh, he's adorable. Are we? I I know that that his race ages differently, but are we gonna get a teenage Yoda in the same sense of teenage Groot? I hope so. I hope not. I don't want to see <laughs> an angsty Yoda. I do. We, we already seen... he already has enough angst and and sass about him. Just like through his expressions, yeah. We, yes. don't, we don't have the voice yet. I don't want him to speak. I do. No. Yeah. Let's just have it be Frank Oz again. Why not? <laughs> He's got the range. Mm-hmm. Or have it be Rob Paulson. <laughs> Rob Paulson. Yes. <laughs> do they? Do their voice crack? I Probably. Yes. I don't know. I don't. Even, who knows when he even hits teenage years? Do all creatures voice crack? Is there a puberty moment for all creatures? I don't know. What am I, a veterinarian? I don't fucking know. You're the Star Wars guy. Tell me the Star Wars lore about voice cracking. Well, I mean, it's a long <laughs> ancient tradition, and it would take way too long to explain it on this podcast. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, but no, Mando, it's going to be great. Coming out soon, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there's also a new piece of news that came out this week, which I thought you would be excited about. They announced that they're uh, making an animated Mario movie. That shocked me i i missed it when they announced it but i i am genuinely shocked that nintendo would do this again because nintendo is notorious for not letting anybody touch their franchises yeah uh in the 80s it was very different they were just trying to get their name out as Mm -hmm. fast and as big as possible so we had multiple animated zelda series and then we obviously had the the mario movie of Mm -hmm. 1993 infamous mario movie. infamous uh and after those catastrophic failures uh nintendo basically said we are never ever doing a movie with another studio again mm-hmm. uh and then there, there's been you know rumbles and rumors of a zelda netflix movie or a mario netflix movie coming out eventually because i think link and zelda are perfect for that like witcher state right now sure yeah um and then obviously the theme park is coming out, which is also very exciting. Mm-hmm. They they trust Universal for that. Um, when theme parks open safely at some point, maybe. Just ours. It's just ours that's not open. Yeah. Um yeah, that's awesome. They're that they're trusting someone to do an animated film. Yeah. We'll so, see how long it gets through production and if it continues to live. Yeah, I mean, so currently it's scheduled for uh 2022, and um, you know, apparently Mario Creator, the Mario Creator is like part of the creative team on it. Amazing. So hey, you know what? Maybe it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Sigura Miyamoto. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so he's, saw- he's still very trusted. A lot of people still very much love him. Yeah, I mean, I think the Mario brand is still pretty strong. I think people still. Oh, it. I would consider it one of the strongest brands. Yeah, there, there is. I don't think there's been a bad Mario game. Ever. Okay, <laughs> I think it's fair. Yeah, maybe RPG, but there's a lot of RPG stands. RPG wasn't for me. Okay, I've only I played a little bit of the Super Nintendo Mario Brothers back in the day, mm-hmm. and then a little bit of the. Um, N64 game, which is a Stone Cold classic. Yes. So well, right now they're they're in the midst of its 35th anniversary. So they just did a bunch of big announcements. Wait, of Mario's 35th anniversary. Correct. Okay, good. I thought you were about to say that it was the N64 game's 35th no, anniversary. No, that was that was, was like, wait a minute, I am now in my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> my God, this year has dragged on forever. Um, yeah. So the. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't announce it with the other things because they announced they're doing a lot of like clothing brands right now. There's Mario Puma shoes. Love it. Which I think is hilarious that they got that endorsement before Sonic did. 
Oh, yeah. Um, and they look like Sonic's shoes, which I also think is very funny. Um, they're, they're doing something with a company called Black Milk, which does uh, like cool fashion-y things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also they, they're remaking uh, their three most, probably most popular games of the past 20 years mm-hmm. and bundling them together. So you can buy Super Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy in a single game. That's pretty Which awesome. is having a weird limited release. I read something about that, yeah. Yeah, you can only buy it until March 31st. Huh. Uh, yeah. So, a long window of release. Yeah, but I guess... It gets some urgency. It, it came out this week, and so a lot of my friends are playing it, and they're loving it. Yeah, I mean, I would be happy to get that just to play Mario 64 again. I would also mm-hmm. have to go buy a Switch. So. That, that's also true. That's very hard right now. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> they're <laughs> very coveted things. Doubly fucked on that mm-hmm. front. So, uh, but no, I mean, hey, hopefully, hopefully it's good. Yeah. Um, we got our casting for She-Hulk this last week. We did. So Orphan Black's own Tatiana Maslany is going to be playing, um, I want to say Jessica Walters. Jennifer Walters. Jessica Walters is the uh, the actress. Yes. <laughs> the voice of Mallory on Archer. <laughs> Jennifer Walters, uh, the host cousin. I think this is a great choice. I, I, I also agree. I don't know much about She-Hulk. I don't really either, actually. But I'm very excited to see her in any in something. Yeah. Yeah, like the the little things that I know about her is that uh, one, she's a lawyer. Yep, which is awesome. So we basically get like Ally McBeal, but She Hulk, mm-hmm. which is a show that I don't know why I was watching when I was a kid, but I was. Um, that she retains her normal like uh, intelligence and personality, and she's permanently in She Hulk mode. Right, and in the same in the same way that um, uh, we see Hulk in Endgame. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, that's actually a really good point mm-hmm. that might factor into the plot. Yeah, and and also Marvel very quick Marvel news. Uh, they confirmed that WandaVision is still set for 2020. Yeah, that's right. They did. Which is, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm very excited to hear that. That's that's one of the shows I'm most excited for because it looks yeah. weird and different. And I love those two characters and the, the actors that play them. Yeah, so. I mean, a lot of people got Disney Plus for the Marvel content and they, they kind of need to, to put out something. Yeah, I mean, I guess there has been like a, a, a dearth of new content on, at least new good content on Disney Plus here for a while. Understandably so. Everyone's kind of struggling to get stuff out. Um, but I mean, basically the end of the year, we're going to be getting both Mandalorian and our first Marvel show. That's pretty damn exciting. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you guys didn't sign up for Disney Plus after our incredibly lackluster Mulan review, it might be worth signing up now. Yeah, you can just use my my info. It's fine. Yeah, everyone else does. Yeah, it's fine. My whole family does. Yeah. Um, and then we did get some actual DC news this week too. L- lest we forget, that's what this show is supposed to be yeah. about. Um, but we finally got. Well, I mean, what are you well, talking about first? I'm, I'm talking about dis, uh, DC Universe. Okay. What are you talking about? DC Universe. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm gonna take this as overall kind of a mix the positive bag mm-hmm. so we basically got confirmation that dc universe as it currently exists will end on january 21st yes 2021 2021 and will be replaced by dc universe infinite which is going to be uh, which is funny because now it's very finite it's very very finite yes it is going to be just it is the opposite of what it is the comics content going forward which I'm glad they're keeping in some capacity. Um, I've been trying to get the most out of it over the last few months. And I'd mm-hmm. say to, to mostly to success. Um, so I'm glad that it continues. It would have been nice if they maybe like dropped the price point, considering that it's now just the comics reader. Yes. They, what they are doing is um, 
shortening the digital release window. Yes, yeah. So all comics will now be out on the app a month after print release. Oh, wow. That's mm-hmm. a very quick turnaround. Yeah. I think it's like a year right now, I want to say. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I've not read any up-to-date comics I mean, I'm, ever. I, yeah, I'm catching up <laughs> on old comics. I'm not reading current run stuff. Yeah. But look, I'm, I'm glad this continues on in some sort of capacity. Um, at this point, all the shows moving over to HBO Max, mm-hmm. uh, including we got confirmation that Harley Quinn season three is happening and will be on HBO Max. Yes. Which, if we are saddened by the essential death of DC Universe, I am happy that Harley Quinn is continuing on because I, I think, hands down, that's the best thing to come out of it. I, I think it it has a passionate but kind of quiet audience yeah because anyone i feel like no one initially brings it up but once it is brought up i feel like just out of everywhere people are, are you talking about harley quinn yeah talking about harley quinn? It, like i mean we keep talking about it and for good reason it is excellent it's great yeah i i'm still a little behind but i just started season two yeah i mean it is one of the funniest shows on TV right now. It's one of the few shows that makes me laugh out loud consistently. Yeah. Um, it has real deep comic lore in there, oftentimes like with a slight twist on it to make it a little bit more relevant, and oftentimes to very comedic effect. Mm-hmm. King Shark in particular. Clayface. Clay. Oh my god. That's the thing, is like their takes on the characters are maybe slightly off from what we're used to, but they are fantastic. This is my favorite poison ivy. Oh, this is the best Poison Ivy. Yeah, hands down. Because she's just like, um, why does everyone keep calling me a villain and a terrorist and literally just trying to save the planet? Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, and Lake Bell voices her, and I love Lake Bell. She's amazing. So it's uh, the fact that this continues on is is stellar. I would have been happy just we had the two seasons, and those are very rewatchable and continue to exist, but the fact that we're getting more of it. And also, this season looks like it's going to be shamelessly gay because even the teaser poster... <laughs> Um, is uh, Harley and Ivy in like a very flirtatious, intimate kind of moment. I'm like, yes, bring it on. So here for it. Yeah, I mean, well, that, that's always kind of been like the subtle joke of the past two seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're going to go full full tilt this time. I'm, Great. God, so very much here for it. So, And there's also a new um, Harley and Ivy comic series that just popped up on DC Universe. I mean, to check out as well. Okay, I'll see it in a year. Yeah. Oh, on okay, on Just, DC yeah. Universe. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's in this uh, <laughs> uh, DC Universe exclusive or what the, the deal is. I just saw it pop up in there, so very excited for that. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, so that was um, all of the, uh, the fun news, um, but we would be remiss to have an episode come out this week and uh, not talk about the very, very sad passing of uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. the notorious RBG... Um, over the weekend, uh, like we said, we're recording on Saturday, which was Batman Day. A um, little hard to really celebrate in some ways. Uh, this is a, a really devastating loss, although maybe it seems fitting that we're sort of um, talking about and honoring like an, an actual real-life champion for justice on, on Batman Day. Um, but it's this hit us both really really hard i know you said you had to take a kind of step away and go for a walk last night yeah to kind of process I, things it, it's been a minute since i've like unplugged my computer and i i just well i walked for about three and a half hours and just yeah. like can't be around technology right now i mean the the nice thing i will say is that for the most part i've been seeing nothing but really positive messaging around her um i mean it's fair to say that her her legacy is um widely recognized and supported and it's it's kind of weird because she's this this trailblazer i mean in in terms of 
championing women's rights, championing the rights of everybody um, in terms of paving a career for women. I was um, lucky enough to be working for a production company who uh, worked on both the RGB, RBG documentary. Yeah, don't, don't, don't be my don't, mistake. Don't be, yeah, don't you do your thing. It's not about colors. Exactly. The RBG documentary as well as the, uh, the narrative film on the basis of, success, on the basis of sex about her. Um, and so I actually got a chance to do like a lot of kind of research on her and she is this really incredible figure, but she also is this unique character in modern pop culture history, like a Supreme court justice who is a huge pop culture icon. I mean, I have a, an action figure I was of her bring it up. Yeah. sitting on my desk over there next to uh, my Batman Funkos and there's no one else like this in in history i mean almost like a, a a positive cult of personality built up around here to the point where like i mean can you name any other supreme court justices no i probably could if i tried yeah well it, it's it's <laughs> the what i think is fascinating is is we're in this state of like celebrity turning politician and now <laughs> she's kind of the first recent of the like politician turned pop culture yeah and, and, you know, she's talked about how she found it so odd, this this fame that built up around her, this legend. And it kind of came from, like, small places. I, I think that book, Notorious RBG, was a big part of it. And then that kind of persona built up. And then the, the movies certainly mm -hmm. helped. Her workout tapes. Her workout tapes, which are, are amazing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely amazing. You know, and she's been battling cancer for a number of years. And, you know, every time it was announced that she... It, it was never oftentimes announced that she had it. It's just like, oh yeah. And she had surgery over the weekend and she's like already back working. Um, and I mean, it, it speaks to her character that she was working right up to the end. And, you know, in, in some ways it's almost a slight tragedy that, you know, I think she understood the important role that she plays and the need to keep working um, mm -hmm. all the way up to the end. She was the linchpin. She was. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and I, I say this without hyperbole that, and for many, many people, she was like the last line of defense for democracy. Yeah. Um, and that is what I think is compounding um, a lot of people's emotions around this. It's not only the, just the, the tragic loss of a, of a hero and inspiration and icon, um, but it's the, the fear of the unknown, frankly, of what happens now. Um, you know, and I, 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 look at this specifically from the perspective of, of, of a gay man, someone who's part of the LGBTQIA community, you know, and the reality is, is that there are a lot of basic, frankly, human rights that are not granted to people like myself, people who are gay or bi, who are trans, who are asexual, who are gender fluid, non-binary like they're just basic rights that aren't granted to us by default you know uh, marriage having kids either through adoption or through artificial insemination general access to to health care protection against discrimination in terms of housing in terms of employment and the military like all these things are not just granted to us by default they have to be defended and decided in court sometimes in the supreme court itself i mean um Obergefell versus Hodges was only 2015, and that was the Supreme Court case that was able to universally grant same-sex marriage. And I just have to sometimes stop and remind myself that was only five years ago. I mean, 2015 feels like a fucking lifetime ago at this point. But, yeah. I mean, relatively recent in, in modern history. And 
RBG was always someone who would defend and protect those kind of rights. And, you know, not only losing her from the Supreme Court, which oftentimes does make the deciding vote in a lot of these things, but also has effects on everything else. I mean, I think it's not extreme to say we might be facing a similar situation to the 2000 election in terms of it being contentious. If that mm -hmm. happens, it's the Supreme Court ultimately that makes that decision. Um, so not only is it uh, the loss of her from that role, but it's also the potential that a person could replace her who has the exact opposite perspective and who is going to work to undermine those rights and potentially try to overturn them, though it's not easy to do. It is possible. Again, it's all done through legal challenges. And that fear is is very real. And I know I'm feeling it, and I know it's not exclusive to me. I think anyone who wants to live in a, a, a functioning, stable democracy right now is feeling this kind of fear. Um, and then, you know, there are others who have far, far more to lose even than than I do. And, you know, there are others still who, because of their race, see their legally granted light rights just flouted and disregarded all the time. And they also have so much more to lose. And so this is devastating. And, you know, I, I think if you are struggling to figure out why people are so affected by this, and, and, and I'm not making any assumptions here. I, I can say this all sincerity. We are lucky that any listeners you ever interacted with are just incredibly lovely, lovely people. Mm -hmm. um, but you, if you are listening and you, you're just trying to understand why this seems to be such a big deal, it's because it's not just you know grieving for a person, but it's it's fear. It's grieving for a loss of a future that seems a little bit darker today than it did yesterday. And just, I guess, the takeaway of all this is you know one, let people feel what they're feeling, trust that what they're feeling is real, even if you don't fully understand it, mm -hmm. um, you know, and try and empathize where they're coming from and do what you can to help, even if it's just listening or just acknowledging that, you know, someone is deeply affected by the death of someone they didn't directly know. Um, you know, and, and it, it also seems trite to say this, but also for God's sake, make sure you're registered to vote. Um, yeah, I just double checked last night. I was still set up in my old address, so I had to re-register. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, just, you know, double-check, make sure you are. Like, it, look, the reality is, you know, voting blue in November will not magically fix all these things in an instant. Um, but without leadership that listens to science and reason and empathy, all of the other just innumerable challenges that we face right now in terms of trying to get the country back on track are going to be impossible. Mm -hmm. um, so... You know, I, I hate to end things here with a with a PSA, but I think that is a huge part of what Justice Ginsburg herself was all about was, you know, taking action when others don't. Yeah. Um, you know, so just going forward, um, do what you can. But uh, you know, rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, with uh that, we can yeah. get back to <laughs> Um, our, our, our topic at hand, Aquaman. Yes. Underwater politics. <laughs> Underwater politics. Yes. Some class, classic Shakespearean drama here. Yes. Uh, with that is not Lion King. That is not, but kind of. It is not <laughs> Lion King or it is not Thor 1. <laughs> it is certainly not the first Thor. Yeah, we, we are talking the enemy below, uh, I would say the reintroduction of Aquaman into the DCAU, because this is visually at least a very different Aquaman than we got um, in 
a fish story. Yes. I, I think also the titles of the two episodes alone might show just the sort of tonal shift maybe between those, just a little bit. those two. Yeah. But yeah, this this is not the uh, you know the uh, the clean shaven, crew cut, original costumed, uh, bedecked Aquaman. Outrageous, outrageous of the Superman episode. This is the very '90s era, long haired, bearded, shirtless, broad shouldered, mm. rippling pecs. Look, I, I I gotta say, overall, I didn't necessarily love the design of uh, Atlantis and a lot of the Atlantic technology, but I do have a, a great appreciation for just the the abundance of exposed skin on the uniforms, <laughs> just everywhere <laughs> of everybody. Yeah, yes. really made the whole thing sing for me. Uh, but no, I mean, so this episode sees the uh, in the cold open we get a, a U.S. nuclear sub, the USS Defiant. In my mind, uh, a callback to Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, the greatest Star Trek movie, but I can't prove that anywhere. Um, being taken out by a, an Atlantean sub, and when it happens, Aquaman basically just says, "Let it sink." So mm-hmm. this is an Aquaman who is pissed and is not holding back. Um, and so from there, we you know learned we see the justice league go to the rescue to try and help and superman basically says like hey if you are so upset and rightfully so go and talk to the the world leaders and try and make something yeah, happen like the peace summit or whatever it's called exactly yeah and so um aquaman goes and then we get uh, the first appearance of deadshot in the series trying to uh, to stop him this is also uh, i do love how kidified this show is at the end of the day because this is a Deadshot who does not use, oh, I don't know, precision, high-caliber rifles. He uses nothing but rocket launchers and explosives. Yeah. Well, we don't know if guns work on Aquaman. They probably They can't don't. use needles. That's so. true. I mean, I feel like he is... And that is a precision rocket launcher. Let's be clear <laughs> about this. That rocket launcher has a scope. <laughs> you know, for when you really want to hit your target. Yeah. And get a lot of collateral damage. He also does it the second time. He uses it so close. Yeah, he is. He is within. I'm gonna say 30 feet of Aquaman when he launches that second rocket off. But how many fathoms is that, Cameron? Oh gosh, how many nautical miles? One. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's right. Yeah, I think I think it fathoms roughly. 30 yeah, feet? fifty thousand leagues under the sea is only what like. Okay, camera, it's 20,000 leagues under the sea. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the sequel, 50,000 leagues right, under the yes, sea. Right, yes, exactly. Isn't there, like, someone Someone did dumb math and realized that it's not, our ocean isn't 20,000 leagues deep, but it's because that's how many times it's, what? Do you want to know how deep a fathom is? Hold on. Fathoms Below is a Little Mermaid song. And I'm going to guess it happens in the 16th minute. Okay. So it is 160 yards. Uh, Why? <laughs> okay. You're, you're real close. A fathom is six feet. Oh, that's it? That's it. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I honestly, I genuinely thought it was way, way more than that. Okay. Um, also, this is awesome. Now when people ask me how high I am, like how tall I am, I'm one fathom tall. There you go. Yes. Well, then, how many fathoms are in a league, though? I, I'm looking up because uh, league isn't league isn't is depth; it league. is distance. Is it? Yes, because that that's the thing. Twenty thousand leagues is how many times it circled the Earth. So underwater, a, a one nautical league is three point four five miles. Mm-hmm. 
So, but I mean, that means you could have a. It's a lot of fathoms. <laughs> that is. That's a shitload of fathoms. Yeah. So 20,000 leagues would be like 60,000 feet deep. Yes. But more than that, because it's like 3.5. Yeah. So it'd be like 65,000. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay, wait. How this is the real important work that yes. Tim Talk does here. Honestly, this episode isn't great. We're going to do math <laughs> talk. This is what you come here for, not for an in-depth discussion of the show itself, but to answer these really critical questions like how deep is the ocean in leagues? Okay, so the, the Mariana Trench, which I guess is the deepest point in the ocean. That is, we found so far, That yes. we found so far, yes, is only 35,000 feet deep. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where Captain Nemo is hanging out. Down and back. <laughs> That's, it's one trip. It's true, yeah. But look, Cameron, you're not wrong. Overall, these episodes are kind of lackluster. I mean... There's an assassination attempt on Aquaman. Um, you know, they... they Greenland doesn't like him. Greenland doesn't like him because he stole a bunch of nuclear weapons. A bunch of From the military. From the military. That, which that's is, why I thought he was upset. Because, like, he's, yeah. he's going against specifically the American military. Yeah. The GL, is at the end of the day, he's a Marine. He's a military man. So he, he, he doesn't like that um, Aquaman is being so flippant with our nuclear technology. For good reason. Um, you know, but so there's assassination attempt. They they rescue him because Batman puts him in a tank of salt water. Yes. Uh, there <laughs> is a moment where they he's uh, a fish. Let's not forget he's a fish. He's a fish. The end of he's a fish. Yeah. Um. So then to uh, try and capture Deadshot, they uh, they do a, a nice little ruse here of saying that they're going to transport Aquaman to a a an aquarium basically uh, no a, a marine life facility okay thank you that's a much fancier way of putting it yes. yeah they're gonna transport him to a local fish shop mm-hmm. to try and save him and they're gonna do so right out in the open to lure deadshot out now of course it's actually a trap it is not aquaman who's being wheeled out on the gurney it is in fact martian manhunter using utilizing that fantastic shape-shifting ability of his and then we don't see him again martian manhunter yeah no, oh, I guess I guess he he is in underwater with them. Yeah, he's, he's in the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then they there's a, a lengthy chase where they hunt down Deadshot, which is it's fine. I guess it could have been stopped so fast. They're all so fast. Yeah, that's true. All of them are so Superman could have grabbed him in seconds. Yeah, I don't even know how he made it to the alleyway. Yeah, he like gets the alleyway. He like goes down a sewer grate. He puts a, an electroshock collar on the storm drain. Zap Superman. Mm-hmm. Martian Manhunter chases him. Wonder Woman chases him. Batman finally stops him by putting a bunch of spike balls down in front of his motorcycle. No, because then he still gets away from Batman. Oh, that's right. Then yeah. he gets out and is in the same spot he started in. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then Superman's there. Yeah. As he should have been the whole time because he's so fast. <laughs> They, they don't even have the Flash in this episode, but they have Superman, who's pretty fucking fast. Which I have a question. Yes. Can the Flash swim fast? Yeah, I mean, he can propel his legs, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, okay. I mean, he's got crazy, crazy core strength. So he basically just dives into water, and he just, like, rotates around his hips in a circular fashion and makes his propellers into legs. Mm-hmm. His legs into propellers, that okay. one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that works. He, he yeah. creates these like whirlpools, I guess, behind yeah. him. He does a lot of like lying down leg lifts and like side to side leg lifts <clears throat> sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of jackknives, crunches. Would he know what to do with his arms? I feel like he doesn't know what to do with his arms. I think he would also, you know, spin those in circles too. Okay, yeah, dude, yeah. Have like a four point 
four point propulsion like an iron man suit yeah underwater exactly it's got that okay. triple prop thing going on there yeah yeah all right that's fair yeah he's faster than a speeding torpedo it's good yeah it's good i also feel like isn't there a superhero called the human torpedo there must be there must be i could look it up we've done too much research already no we did math <laughs> so. we fried the computer yeah, and so eventually they they've come to realize that uh, Deadshot is being paid in Spanish doubloons, mm-hmm. which means it can only have come from one place, Atlantis, Spain, Spain. <laughs> yes, the country of Spain. Yes, hates Aquaman. Uh, but we realize pretty quickly that this is all just... not on our shores. <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of shoreline. They do, and apparently it's beautiful. It's mostly it. shore. Yeah, I've never been. Have I? Yeah, should we go to Spain? I mean, only if you let me recreate the Cheetah Girls 2 scenes when we're in Barcelona. I don't even know what that means, but I'm just going to say yes. Cheetah Girls 2. No, I know what the Cheetah Girls is, and okay. that's by extension what Cheetah Girls 2 is. Yes. What are they doing in Barcelona? They are invited to... No. Uh, Raven has a fashion gig lined up because she designs clothing okay which is a pretty consistent thing for raven in all of her shows i didn't realize that maybe she doesn't I guess she always wanted too. to be a fashion designer and not an actress yeah um and so she brings her family and friends out to barcelona with her and then now she's too busy to sing because she's so work focused and we have another kind of like um devil wears prada situation where her friends are like how dare you bring us to barcelona and not spend time with us and do your job like you're being paid to do yeah and it's like you're right i'm sorry i guess i'll quit my job and <laughs> sing with you guys <laughs> in this song contest that pays us no money and we can't afford the house we're staying in anymore and so they sing in the contest and so- i think they don't even win i think they get second because the guy that one of the girls is talking to plays a violin and he wins so, wait, hang on. <laughs> Given all of that, what part of that do you want to recreate while we're in Barcelona? All of it. All of it. <laughs> all of it. Every minute. So am I supposed to be like the friend that's mad at you because you don't want to hang out? You just want to do your job? Yes, but you meet a very cute Spanish guy in a dance class. Well, I'm here for that. Yeah. Yeah, I can't dance for shit. And, and you sing a song called Strut, which is great. I feel like I could rock a strut. Yeah. All right. Okay, I'm on board now. Okay. All right, we're going to Spain. We're going to drink lots of wine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to meet some beautiful Spanish man in a dance class. There you go. We're going to have lots of paella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't actually I don't even know if I like paella. I, think it's mostly, I don't think I've ever tried it. I think it's mostly seafood, like mussels and shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, it makes sense. They have a lot of shoreline. Yeah, exactly. That's why they don't want Aquaman there. <laughs> That's why they don't want Aquaman there. He messes with their muscles. Well, he's got plenty to spare. Mm-hmm. So, but they, unsurprisingly for anyone who's seen the movie Aquaman, all of this is just a massive setup by his brother Orm. Yes. Um, not called Ocean Master because they decided that was too silly. Kind of is. It kind of is. This is a very serious episode for for uh, not being very good. It's it's not particularly great. Like, it, it, look, it's a it's a kind of a basic plot setup here. I mean, I, I do like that we get some time with Deadshot. I mean, especially now, because we talk about the fact that Harley Quinn's profile was really heavily raised by especially the Suicide Squad, but Deadshot's was as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a much more well-known villain now than he was ever then. So it's, it's kind of fun to go back and revisit something where he's kind of just a throwaway villain that doesn't have the profile he does now. Yeah. Well, I feel like he's always, pre-Suicide Squad movie, I feel like he was always overshadowed by Deathstroke. That's true. He was just the less expensive one. Yeah. I and mean, he, I mean, he, let's be honest, he still is. Yeah. Well, except for the fact that Will you know Smith. why? Because he got caught. He got, that's Deathstroke true, he got never caught. got caught. Yeah. Why is he not in Suicide Squad? He's not in fucking jail. 
Yeah, that's true. But we, I mean, we, we say he's the less expensive one. That is normally true, except from real life, in which case Will Smith is way more expensive than Joe Manganiello. Yes. So, God, sexy, sexy Joe Manganiello. Man, I'm thirsty today. Real thirsty. Need yeah. some water over there? <laughs> I'm just thinking about Aquaman <laughs> so much. But look, I like... Be careful, it's seawater. Oh, even better. It'll save me. But I like that we got that. Um, I, I, do, I do have some questions, though. I can't imagine one. Why? Why mm -hmm. do Atlanteans need submarines? I also had that question. Yes. Not submarines specifically, but like, why, how are all of their constructs metal? I feel like at that depth, you would make something else. Out of, say, rock? Rock or, I don't know, they have magic most of the time. We don't really see so, that in this yeah, one. Yeah, sometimes they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you... Can you smelt underwater? Yeah, that's how they they're, they're the like the the super high because they build like bridges and foundations underwater. Well, but I mean, I guess that's welding. Honestly, honestly I just want to say the word smelt. Yeah, smelting. Smelt's a fun word. I just had to say it. Um, I feel like you would make it at that depth. You would have more of like an amoeba kind of ship. Which can kind of shape and form to because you're going to be going up and down. You need something that can handle the pressure differences. Yes, and so you you can't have like a battering ram destroy a sub, per se. But you would have something that could like take an impact. You're going to have a lot of like shit flying near you, and you would also need to have at least things that are floating near you. Right. You would also need to have things that are primarily cylindrical. Which these these are like. They just kind of look like spaceships in this. I think maybe mm -hmm. that's part of the reason I was a little bit disappointed in the Atlantean technology is it felt like it was just space technology. There's nothing about it that felt nautical in any sort of way. And not, I mean, I know that at least in most mythologies, including I think in the DC comics, I think Atlantis at one point was above water and then went underwater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was part of it. It was a... Uh on the route to Rome. Okay, right. And so it makes sense that like, the Atlanteans were originally surface dwellers and then somehow... Not Rome. What am I saying? Athens. Yeah. Atlantis is Greek. That one, sure. Yeah. But like, it's just weird that their cities and their their ships, they, they guess by definition happy submarines because they are literally underwater. Mm -hmm. But like, they are all the way they would be in real life. Like, They are all um, spaces that are filled with air, not with water, which just... It all seemed... A little bit silly to me. I mean, it makes it more convenient to have the Justice League be there that way. My other connected question to that is their death chamber is just water. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Which I don't think they can use on themselves. No, exactly. So it, in part two, they try to, the Justice League is captured. Do you think, it, do you think it's fresh water? Is that, is that the trick? Ooh, I think that's it. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely, yeah. These boys need salt water. Yeah, they, you, they come in with the hubris of like, ha, they know I can breathe underwater. And they take a they take a breath and it's like, this is so pure. How do I get through this? Yeah, the the Justice League is captured and um, sentenced to death by being stuck in a drowning chamber, mm -hmm. essentially. And they have like I don't know some sort of like neuron disruptor things that means that Jean can't phase. But it's also weird because like he's able to like just swim underwater earlier without any sort of yeah. oxygen and seems to be just fine. It's. It's a little bit... He has to think about it, though. He has to think about not needing to breathe. Exactly. That's true. It's it's a little bit silly. Um, I did love, though, that when Aquaman shows up to the, the world leaders and is trying to advocate for changes in all kinds of policies, basically, 
um, to help protect the oceans and, I don't know, maybe reduce the uh, effect on the environment. Absurd, absurd goals, to be yeah. fair. I, lo- I love that the, the speaker's, is basically his response is, but the economy! <laughs> yeah, real, real stretch of fiction there. <laughs> but what about the economy? What about the economy? <laughs> Oh, it's all too relatable. Oh, God. This episode could not be made the same way today. No, it really couldn't. I mean, look, I, I will say that the animation is pretty solid in this, though. It is. Like, the, the underwater sequences look pretty good. It's pretty consistent, from what I remember, across all of Justice League. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, got some, it's got some good stuff mm-hmm. in there. There's that, that fantastic moment when they can't get Death's... Dead, God damn it. Deadshot. I was mm-hmm. going to say Deathstroke. Deathshot? Deathshot. To speak, where Batman's like, let me handle this. And he just goes off and has one word of advice. We don't know what it is. I'll give you $50. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually true. All the thing that Floyd cares about is money. So yeah. that probably would have worked. And when Superman says, you know, you don't want to know what he said, it's because he doesn't want to admit that he just bribed him. <laughs> yeah. He just gave him criminal money. Yes. Oh, so, so Orn. Um, Orma. Orma. Yeah. Orba. Uh, takes over the throne, has his new military try and take out Aquaman, basically, and the rest of the league. And they, and probably the the coolest shot of the episode is is uh, Orm has Aquaman locked up against a rock, and then also has his baby, yeah, uh, Aquaman's baby, not Orm's baby, right? Uh, and he's just gonna throw them into a lava pit, yeah. And I'm like, fuck it, it's. For me, these two episodes, the only thing memorable about them for me was that moment. I remember watching that moment as a kid, and it's always stuck with me. Yeah, I mean, it, they, they hold on that moment just long enough. Like, I was fully, like, not looking at my phone, not taking yeah. notes. I'm just like, oh, fuck. It's, it's a great scene. I mean, you know, exactly. It's uh, Orm has captured Aquaman. His, his generals have turned on him. He's kidnapped the the true heir to the throne, mm-hmm. Aquaman's the son, the prince. And yeah, he's got Aquaman chained to this rock and then he comes and just literally like hangs the, the baby wrapped up in his blanket just off of a, a, a dagger and then sends this rock sliding down and, you know, Aquaman is desperately, desperately trying to break free and just flexing those huge biceps. He's in danger, Chris. He's in danger. Right. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm losing the thread here. Those just huge Baby's bulging biceps. Bi- right. The, the, yes, the, those biceps. He breaks through one of them, but he can't get through the other one. And so he pulls off his, his little A belt buckle. Yeah. A knife, I guess. And tries to hack at the chains and, and they won't break. And so as he's getting, like, he's sliding closer and closer, the baby screaming, like, the screen has turned red with, you know, the, the heat coming off of this lava flow. He realizes only one thing he can do. Um, and so he chopped Kill off the, the baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's going out on my terms. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> going for the full fog ending right there. Yeah. Uh, but no, he, he ends up cutting it's the off. It's Snyder Cut. It's the, oh, God. That's, not that, a, that's what they call it. That's the... Uh, <laughs> man, look at you with these dad jokes yeah. left and right. But yeah, he, he cuts off his own hand. Um, you know, and it's, it's a really intense, impactful moment. And then he, he shows back up at the palace um, holding the baby, and then he has his uh, his severed hand, like the stump wrapped up in the, the blanket. Um, and it's interesting because, I guess, uh, Bruce Timm has acknowledged that the reason that the baby's blanket is red is that you wouldn't see the blood when it was wrapped around the stump. It's also part of Kal-El's cape from when he was a baby? It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, fun fact. Oh? Uh, 
Uh, red wouldn't show up at that depth. Red is actually one of the first colors I didn't to, know that. to disappear underwater. Yeah. yeah the, the light spectrum um, hits very, very short. You would think, like, oh, red, it would stand in very sharp contrast. But no, red disappears underwater very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So that shit wouldn't show up red, yeah. nor would Superman or Wonder Woman or Martian Manhunter. Right. But all that doesn't really matter here, does it? No. So. Do you think at that depth, because if there is no red, they have no need to see red. Would there be like an evolutionary colorblindness? Yeah, probably. Where they can like decipher different shades of other colors better than we can, but they have no need for red. They might, actually, yeah. So I think... Jason Momoa, can you see red? Can you see red? Can you see ultraviolet? I feel like ultraviolet goes pretty far. Yeah, that's a good one. Underwater, yeah. Hmm. Can you see in x-rays? Well, I feel like they would just have other better senses. Because you also can't... I mean, sharks can, I guess. And I guess if you don't also have lungs, smelling underwater is different. Wait, Cameron, you realize that your lungs don't smell, right? Well, yeah, but I, the air yeah. aspect of it. But they have, they have lungs, though. Because they don't also, see them. They also, yeah, yes. In this children's show, no one gets cut up in the point where we see exposed lung tissue. Prove to me. <laughs> but like they do breathe when they're outside on land. Mm-hmm. So they, I think they have both lungs and gills. Right. Yes. Okay. It's probably, do they have, we don't even see gills though. We don't. Are Maybe, you caught up in the boys? Uh, I am caught up in the boys. Yeah. Okay. He's going to get his, his gill. Yeah. His gill chest. His vagina gills. Yeah. It's weird. Very weird. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe their lungs are also designed to, maybe their lungs are designed to fill with water and filter out the air the way gills would. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's how that works. I don't know. Have I told you about the random sea turtle fact about how they throw up constantly? No. So sea turtles don't have the gill function that other animals do. So when they eat, they basically just swallow a bunch of water while also trying to get food in. Mm-hmm. But since they don't have that filtration, they basically have these spikes going down their neck uh, facing inward. Yeah. Because they, when they swallow too much water, they just vomit it all back up and they don't want their food to get away. So the food gets stuck on their throat spikes so it can't uh, escape when it's throwing back up. Oh my God. So it's just this constant process of bulimia. That's insane. Which is why all turtles look so great. That's, yeah, they do. Yeah. It's kind of like trying to pull like an apple core out of a garbage disposal. Like mm-hmm. it would go through, but it's not really come back out very easily. Right. Yeah. I had no idea. That actually is really fascinating. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> what? Where did you learn that? I TikTok. The new band app. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> Spread knowledge. <laughs> Via TikTok? Yes. Gotcha. I might have been a YouTube video instead. You weren't watching Jack Hanna on a Saturday morning? What's that? You know who Jack Hanna is? He's like the most famous like animal like personality activist. Like he he was the one who'd always show up on like you know the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and bring like lemurs and shit. And he's okay. got shows that like he has all these like programs that are still airing. I think they're still doing new episodes like on Saturday mornings, like PBS and stuff. And it's like Jack Hanna's Wild World or whatever. Okay, the bars dropped a lot. I'll say that. There's a new guy named Coyote who I really enjoy. Oh, Coyote Peterson. Yeah, yeah, you know Coyote. Yeah. He gets stung by things. Oh, yes, that's right. He, like, he tests out, like... like How he, painful he, things are. He got, like, stung by a murder hornet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got stung by everything. He went down the list of the most painful, non-deadly stings. Mm-hmm. 
He must have done an extended stint in Australia then. That's where all the most poison. Yeah, most is. <laughs> mostly in Australia. Yeah. So we clearly don't care about these episodes. We're going to go to their <laughs> tangent here. I uh, years ago I I went to Australia. I went to go to Sydney. It's, it's an amazing place. Fucking love it. Die and go back. Um, but we went to the uh, um, the aquarium in Sydney Harbor. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful aquarium, and they have like an attached like little terrarium space right there. So they have a bunch of like spiders, and they have snakes, right? And they have in two cages next to each other the world's deadliest snake and the world's second deadliest snake. I felt really bad for the world's second deadliest. Because no one cared? Because who cares? Yeah. Like, look, in any other, like, zoo around the world, like, oh, my God, like, this is the world's, like, second most venomous snake. How crazy is that? But you're going to run right past that shit to go see the number one most venomous snake. Yeah. So that poor snake was just sitting there, no love, no attention. So I, I actively avoided the world's deadliest snake. Yeah, gave, fuck that guy. Gave plenty of attention and, and took a lot of photos of the, the world's second deadliest snake just to make him feel a little bit better. That's good. Poor it's guy. very, very kind of you. I know. It's like any painting that's also in the same room as the Mona Lisa. Exactly. Yeah, well, the Mona Lisa's basically in its own room. Well, there's, there's one painting that takes up the entire wall that's uh, facing the Mona Lisa. So the wall oh, that's away a, from it. Yeah, because the Mona Lisa, if I recall... It's like this massive chamber, and there's like paintings along the sides, and then mm-hmm. it's a pillar in the middle of the yeah, room. Yeah, in the middle of it, and there's a, and the Mona Lisa's small. It's very small. And let's be honest, it's pretty underwhelming at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I'm sorry, there is way cooler shit at the Louvre than the Mona Lisa. Like, they have the Venus de Milo there. Yep. Um, I seem to recall there was a, 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 a metal sculpture of a horse, no, a deer filleting itself. Okay. Yeah, I was fascinated by that. I'm sure. It's like that is a surprisingly flexible deer. <laughs> Almost envious. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> so, but anyways, so Aquaman. Aquaman stole <laughs> so, the stole the Venus de Milo. Stole the Venus de Milo. Um, you got a hook hand. You got a, yeah. This thing he gets it. He gets his hook hand. Yep. Which is pretty epic. Um, I've never quite understood how, as we'll see in later episodes, there's like the hook can like launch and has a cable behind it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but how is that supposed to work? Did they just like feed miles and miles of cable up his arm? Yes. Well, he's got weird biology. I guess it kind of makes sense. And magic. I guess. I don't know if these Atlanteans have magic, though. I don't recall ever seeing Atlantean magic at any point. Is well, it the same way that like Asgardians don't have magic? Maybe. But now that I think about it, I think he shows up again in the Terror Beyond, I want to say, which is the Doctor Fate episodes. There might be something about Atlantean magic we also, when we get there. To be fair, he also the though that chain was pretty high up on his forearm. They cut that. He cut his arm pretty close to the elbow. No, no, no. He cut it like way down right by the wrist. He cut because he he was chained at the wrist. He cut it. It was a wide chain. Yeah, it was a wide chain, but he cut it below the chain down at the wrist. But he had put on like big heavy gauntlets. Like the gauntlet ran far up his arm. Okay, but I, I think I, that was around the outside of his his tough sinewy Atlantean skin, rather mm-hmm. than like right down like you know through the bone fair okay yeah so i was gonna say if he cut it high maybe they cut more off later yeah that's just like hey we could just attach this hook but we could also give this like real sweet like hook grapple launcher thing yeah Keep so then you just... have half your forearm length of just wound coil yeah we'll just like take a little bit more off just, just, just a hair does he have like a crank on on the inside just like to spin to wind it back up yeah because it's not, it's not gonna retract itself no absolutely not yeah yeah good we're doing good over here (laughs) 
But so Orm's plot the other day is he's going to um, basically unleash this doomsday weapon to melt the polar ice caps. Um, and so the faster. Just, well, asterisk. Melt them faster. Fa- faster, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this episode was made in 2001. Yep. <laughs> they knew then. Uh, yeah, and so they have to go in, and Batman's able to, of course, disarm nuclear reactor because he's, uh, he's Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but unsurprisingly, Aquaman and Orm get into the, you know, the epic brother against brother, fight for the kingdom sort of thing. Um, and I, you are my brother, Anakin. <laughs> I mean... Technically, in this episode, Aquaman does have the high ground. He does. Yeah. Many times. Many, many times. But you were supposed to save the force, not destroy it. Your Obi-Wan impression is fantastic. Thank you. Yes. But if you are not with me, then you are against me. Great. Someone made a pillow with the entire thing, <laughs> with the entire quote, and I really want to buy it. You should, honestly, you should. <clears throat> Only sit still in absolutes. That is my single favorite quote from all of Star Wars. What, it, only sits still in absolute? Yes, it is self-contradictory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a great writer, George Lucas. But I did think it was kind of funny that when we get to the end, because this show does actively avoid trying to kill people, mm-hmm. right? So even when Orm like, falls into a cavern to his death, he falls to his death and Aquaman just chooses not to save him. Doesn't actually like push him or kill him or anything like that, which seemed like kind of a deliberate way to not have your heroes kill anybody. Long live the king. Exactly. He should have said it. I'm <laughs> upset he didn't. Well, because to your point, this is all a reference to Lion King. They even say the exact line. Oh, do they? Yeah. Uh, I wrote it down. Where is it? Um, please, brother, help me. Yeah. That's the line. That's that was, what, yeah. that was it. I thought it was a little more than that. The very famous Lion King line. But obviously yeah. the roles here are reversed. It is the uh, the usurper falling to his death, not the, uh, the rightful king. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. I This episode to me is overall pretty forgettable. I feel like it doesn't necessarily add that much to the world. He's got a hook hand. That's all that matters. He's got a hook hand. I mean, yeah, we, so we get the origin of Aquaman's hook. Yes. Do we really need that the next time we see him? Yes. Okay. Well, then for that alone, go ahead and buckle down for 45 minutes with only about two of it being very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question for you. Mm-hmm. Can Superman refreeze the ice, cap- ice caps with his frost breath? How wide can he get his frost breath? Can he save the planet? Can he stop global warming by himself and just chooses not to because he wants to try and impress Lois? Yes. Got it. Yep. He's a dick. Thinks also, of his dick. You, you would think true. You would think he would be invested in like not letting the polar ice caps melt because that's yeah, where his, place for, is. his fortress is out there. Yeah, yeah. He's got a bunch of alien animals out there that he's saved from extinction. He's gonna mm-hmm. let them die again. Yeah. Can they? Can they handle the cold? Is that a self-insulating fortress of solitude? I mean, I don't think. I don't think it's self-insulating. I think it's insulated. They said that's what I mean. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yes. <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you have any other real thoughts on these? Uh, I think my only other note is they have a really beautiful silhouette shot early on in the epi- one of the episodes when Green Lantern's like talking about how much he distrusts Aquaman. And uh, I love that the javelins are also submarines. That's all I have. I Okay, that, that was a point. I thought when uh, Aquaman brought up that the uh, Atlanteans have a doomsday plan that that John would get more upset about that. Because then I wanted a counter from Aquaman 
of like, how dare you have like a world ending threat at, at you know, at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the, the counterpoint of like, you have 150 nuclear weapons surrounding our, our city at all times. Yeah. Some of which you don't even care about anymore. Yeah. So pump your fucking brakes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he is indignant, but we have to like read into why he is rather than him just like laying out some very basic facts. Yeah. So, um, oh, I had, wait, I, sorry. I had one more note. Okay. He rides a whale. He does. We, we had our free moment. Yeah, no, but we have yeah. to like, we didn't actually like elaborate upon it. Yeah. Yes. He, he communicates with one sea creature of the entire course, of the entire episode. And it's to, uh, to ride a whale, which initially looks like a orca. I thought it was an orca. Yeah. But then when we see it actually come out of the water, it does not have a dorsal fin. Mm-hmm. Thereby implying that maybe it's more like maybe a, a sperm whale, maybe a right whale by chance. You already have surpassed my whale now. It's definitely not a humpback whale, and I think it's too small to be a blue whale. Mm-hmm. So, and killer does, whale, orcas are killer whales. Got it. Yeah, and it doesn't have a, a horn, so it's not a narwhal. It's not a narwhal. Yeah, uh, I've never talked about the fact that I actually really love whales. Apparently, <laughs> I, I this is all new to me. I was gonna bring up, uh, I. I I pulled up the comic of how he loses his hand in the 90s. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, and this is a much better story. I will say that. <laughs> uh, in the 90s, basically, a villain came by and stole his ability to, they say command fish. We had an argument before about communicating versus commanding. They say yes. command fish. I, I like to think 90s. it's more of an open dialogue. Yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, would you mind? Maybe yeah. just like guilting them. Yeah. Hey, bud. Like, yeah. Did you... Do me this oh, he's probably great at guilting fish. Yeah. Well, also he's like the king of the oceans. Yeah. So I, I imagine the he is treated with reverence by fish. Yeah. So a, a villain pods. steals his ability to guilt fish, uh, and he has a horde of piranha eat his hand off. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is delightful. Which is dumb. Which also I yeah. learned uh, piranha incredibly skittish uh, fish. Oh, really? Very easily frightened. Yes. Oh. They they will not eat. You know, contrary to everything we've ever seen about yeah. piranha, uh, they will only attack dead things because if it moves, they're too scared to go near it. Oh, yes, that's good to know, right? Oh, well, now I know how to give up all those dead bodies. Yeah. Oh, so I was gonna get a fleet of pigs. Uh, to continue my spree of being younger than you, the TikTok channel. About a is, guy. There a, is there a TikTok channel about piranha? There is. It's a guy who has a. Yeah, I, I think he works at an aquarium, and it shows him feeding different kinds of meat to piranhas. Uh, and he dropped, oh, except goldfish. Goldfish are the only thing they will, like, hunt. Oh, okay. Everything, well, yeah. Yeah. Every every other kind of fish, even, they won't go near it until it is completely stopped moving. Uh, and also, they, they prefer chicken. That is their favorite kind of meat. That's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that they, like, shred, you know, like, if you literally, like, were to stick your hand in the water, you would come up and have lost a digit. Mm-hmm. No, they're too scared. Okay, because that's what all... That's what everything shows us. That is all yeah. pop culture. You see, this, like, you know, it's quicksand and piranha, the two things that we have a, a deep, irrational fear yeah, over because of Yeah, how dare you, 90s My God. and 80s, There's, a little bit. Someone must have also had, like, a, a quicksand full of piranha at some point, right? I feel like... I'm sure. It, or is, th- that's just a, a too obvious of a trap to have let go to waste. Mm-hmm. Mm. What a shame. We, we learned about uh, shark in, sharks and volcanoes. It's got to be prone as a quicksand. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> the overlap must exist. Yes. Uh, okay. Any, any other thoughts on this? No. I don't okay. care about this episode. Yeah. Overall. Go watch, go watch Lion King. Overall, I thought it was more like the enemy blows. 
Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm back. No, you're not. I'm back. You're done. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, should we move on to some uh, some bat plugs? Let's do some bat plugs. All right. Cameron, what do you got to plug this week? I, I I went back and rewatched, not rewatched, I watched season two of shows that I've plugged before. Okay. And I am very glad I went back because the season two is even better than season one of both of these shows. Mm-hmm. I watched Cobra Kai on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Heard good things. Uh, the dialogue is horrible. Got it. But they, the storytelling is so much fun. Okay. And like, it, it evolves the Karate Kid like universe in mm-hmm. such a cool way of having mm-hmm. these two. I the already KKCU. see spacing out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was actually just trying to come up with that. Yeah. Joke. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, having these two karate schools that are both doing good for their people, mm-hmm. but the both leaders see the other as evil. Yeah. Um, and then in season two, they bring back um, the original head of Cobra Kai. Oh, okay. Not yeah. John Cleese. Cause that's the comedian, but something Cleese. Great. Yes. I mean, I would watch a version where John Cleese <laughs> leads Cobra Kai. Absolutely. Yes. That's season three. Um, and then I, I finally went back and watched season two of DuckTales. Oh, and nice. Wow. Oh, wow. Is it so good? It's good. It is. It is probably one of the best animated things I've seen in the past 10 years. Oh, goddamn. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it's been on my list for quite some time. I just yes. need to pull the trigger. Highly recommend. Season three is already out, but it's not on Disney Plus yet. Okay. Mm hmm. Not already. It is currently coming out. They're they're in the middle of season three right now, mm-hmm. live. Okay. So I'm gonna start watching that as well. That that makes me very happy to hear that it's good because I, I have heard always positive things about it. It's been like I said on my list for a long time to mm-hmm. sit down and go watch. There's one episode in season two, so you know the basic story of Ducktales, right? Yeah. A woo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the story. Yeah. They just all get around and kids. Say, moms disappeared. The yeah. the thread of the show is where's the mom? Okay. And wow, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got it's got Scrooge McDuck, who is one of my all time favorite Disney characters, mm-hmm. and not just because he has an inclination to not wear pants, yeah. which I can relate to. And the whole family. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. Respect, mm-hmm. respect. Yeah, highly, highly recommend Ducktales if you need something to watch right now. Mm-hmm. What I about think, you? Oh. I think we all do. I think we all need something fun to watch these mm-hmm. days. Um, so I watched sort of on the. It's like opposite end of the spectrum, I guess, in some ways. I watched uh, Train to Busan. Oh, yeah. That movie I thought was sad, but it's about zombies. Yes. Is it sad, though? Yeah. Okay. It's a zombie movie. Oh, zombie movies are sad. Zombieland. Zombieland 2. Name a zombie movie that doesn't have a sad element to it. Warm Bodies. I haven't seen Warm Bodies. Hi, Zombie. Perfect. Okay, fine. 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 You win. Uh, but yes, it is a... a Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> that has sad moments, though. Yeah. Poor Barbara. But yeah, so it's a Korean zombie movie. A just generic zombie outbreak of sorts breaks out. Um, you know, it's it's the the fast moving rabid zombie type. But the the story is about a a dad who is um, escorting his young daughter back to um, visit his estranged wife, mm-hmm. and they're on this train when the outbreak happens, and it is is excellent actually. Now I I watched it. I'm pretty sure I watched it because it was literally just went off of Netflix, unfortunately. Okay. Um, so hopefully it reappears somewhere else. Uh, well, because they just made a sequel. That's true. Yeah, they they did just make a sequel to it, um, which I heard is not as good. Okay. I mean, to be honest, I can see why it would be hard to live up to this first one because I mean, it it is brilliant in its very effective execution of a 
simple concept. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's you take a, a story we've seen a lot of times, um, you know, characters that we're kind of familiar with, like archetypes we're familiar with. But, you know, the, the setting is new for this particular genre. And they do a really good job about, um, you know, uh, keeping the pace going really well. And, uh, you know, it's not really a spoiler to say, like, taking strategic breaks away from the train uh, in places here and there. Um, but just, like, you know, the, the character drama is really good. You know, obviously there's uh, lots of social allegory interwoven in there. And, of course, you know, people are oftentimes as much the monsters as the zombies themselves. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it, it's it's... I'd say gruesome without ever being like um, gratuitous. Uh, characters are really good. It's, you know, it's good action. Just really, I, I I was very very impressed by it. I had I had heard good things. It's one of those movies that I just hear people talk about a lot. Like, oh, you've yeah, seen yeah. this, and uh, you know, it it exceeded expectations for me. Um, I was really really impressed by it. Um, and I'm not really a big it's horror person. It's not really a, a horror movie though. Mm -hmm. It's a zombie movie, but um, you know, I, I think it does enough different with that genre to really stand out amongst the crowd. So, okay. Yeah, so um, I would recommend that, and then it you know would only seem apt to also recommend people go watch uh, RBG, the the documentary about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It is up on Hulu. Oh, so, good to know. Yes, because um, the other movie is also there, I believe. Oh, on the basis of sex, the yes. the narrative film, yeah. Which mm -hmm. is, I saw the two like kind of back to back, um, and I, I think that the the story of the documentary is a little more interesting. Maybe the story of the movie. The movie is still really good. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's Felicity Jones, Army Hammer, absolutely Army Hammer, <sighs> Army Hammer. And he's so he's so charming in that movie. He could um, be Aquaman. He could be Aquaman. Very good Aquaman. Uh, but yeah, it's it's an incredible documentary and. Or um, He'd be good at all of them. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. He's got the chin to be any superhero he could want. It's true. Yeah. So, uh, but no, highly recommend you go check out the documentary. It's 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 fantastic and really gives you uh, a perspective not only on what Justice Ginsburg achieved within her career, but also um, just on a personal level. A very interesting story. The the relationship she had with her her husband who passed away a few years ago is is really really um, sweet and touching and, and shows a a, a much softer side of her than you would expect given um the role she normally played so mm -hmm. yeah uh highly recommend checking that out um and then uh let's just finish up with some notes and friends here let's do it all right uh so um, i'll also go follow the watchtower database on youtube yes exactly so we did a thing yes so i kind of tied in bat plugs and notes from friends uh we participated in the watchtower databases uh five-year celebration um, they did a live stream on Twitch. I actually went back in and added a a, a plug last week. Okay. I realized I didn't mention it, and I was like, "Oh, it's this week. I should probably go back and add yeah. something in." So, but uh, I know they intend to put it out um, as like recorded version soon. I'm not sure when. They they've posted a few clips of each on YouTube already. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so once they've uh, published the whole thing at some point, I'll I'll check in the link. And I'll we'll plug it again and put it in the notes. Yes. It is also you you can also just go to their Twitch. And they have the entire 24-hour stream there. Oh, okay. We're about hour, like, six. Yeah. yeah but also watch it all because it's all very good. It, it is really good. And like um, like I mentioned in the, the additional plug I recorded last week, amazing guests all the way through it. I, I, we've been told we have to go listen to the uh, the interview with Bob Goodman who created the Zeta Project. Oh, no. So. Oh, no. <laughs> no. But look, they, they got him. They got Susan Eisenberg in there. Um, Above and Batman Beyond came on to talk about Return of the Joker with Maddie Washburn. Mm -hmm. And then we got to do a, a really fun segment where we tried to narrow it down to the, uh, the, the top five most essential 
episodes in the entire DCAU. Uh, a, a challenge you and I found with daunting. the DCAU review. With the DCAU review, yeah. Um, a, a challenge. And it is controversial. It is, yeah. For all, oh, <laughs> oh, look, I, I I won't spoil it, but I I will say that I came out of that conversation. We highly lost un- the battle. Yeah, for highly sure. unsatisfied. Yeah. <laughs> with the outcome. Um, yeah, there was one particular hill that I said that I would die on, and I and we did. Yeah, but I'm alive somehow still. <laughs> physically physically spiritually long long gone yeah um but no it was incredibly fun so go check that out and just go follow them in general they, they are always putting out really fantastic videos doing deep dives on all kinds of different aspects of the dcau they have their own um comic series um legacies of the dcau that basically picks up loose plot threads and imagines you know what could have happened and um uh james strecker does all pretty much all the art for it and, and his um emulation of that art style is fantastic i mean it's 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 spot on so, yeah but they're 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 lovely guys and so uh, especially right now go you know advocating go uh, follow them i think they're trying to get to 100,000 subscribers so go out go give them a boost and help them get there um but yeah so one of the notes that was sent in was by them telling us we had to go watch that so that is something you and i are gonna have to go do oh, God. Uh, at some point uh and then we also uh had jake aka the overvoid on twitter responding to us about a particularly gruesome death from the comics oh uh so this was from a a marvel comic um i'm trying to get the exact issue i can't find it here but the character's name is uh ted parnell and so i guess his like a, a adopted son who he is very like mean abusive to gets bit by a radioactive spider around becoming spider-man he becomes like this horrifying spider monster thing and so uh someone discovers ted and he literally has like tiny baby spiders like pouring out of his body because they all nested inside of him and and, yeah the 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 comic panel is real real gross i'm gonna show it to cameron right here it's uh oh yeah yeah it's it's hate it it's really disgusting but so he uh he shared that with us on twitter and uh yeah i mean Absolutely horrifying, but a very good shout nonetheless. So uh, thanks, Jake, for good writing pull. in yeah. and sharing that. Um, Ashley Clark also wrote in and had a suggestion. Um, I guess there's a reveal in the Batman Black Mirror comic that's particularly gruesome. Um, I haven't read the comics. I'm not sure what she's referring to specifically. Um, but rather than spoiling it for myself, I'm going to go check that comic out and see what that gruesome reveal is. Yeah. So On DC Universe Finite. Yes, exactly. Yes, on DC Universe Highly, Highly Finite. Uh, and then we had one more, and you, I thought, would particularly appreciate this, Cameron. Oh. So good old Sam Gash, friend of the show and frequent guest Sam Gash, uh, and soon-to-be-returning guest, uh, wrote in to say, um, so he said this this morning, so hopefully this will serve as a distraction because today is not a good day. Wholeheartedly agreed. Uh, but I may have found one of Cameron's nerdier moments. It's a nerdy game show called Um Actually on YouTube. <laughs> and for the listener submitted question, we got this. And he sent a picture from Cameron.Dexter saying 1981 novel, Who Censored Roger Rabbit was eventually adapted into the film Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So had to uh, remind everyone that you did that. Cameron, do you want to remind us the uh, the context of all this, the um actually, and why your question was what the way it was? Yes, I it, it's a game show that I adore and and have have modeled my life after since it has come out. Uh, it is a nerd game show in the style of Jeopardy, where basically the the host um, Michael Trapp will read a false nerd statement, and you have three panelists, a panelist guests. We have to buzz in and correct the statement by starting with, um, actually, and then correct what is wrong with that statement. Uh, and then in season two, they started to bring in guest questions. Mm-hmm. So I submitted about 40 
and one of them made it through. One of them did it. Yes, and it was the highlight of my year. <laughs> now, do you want to remind us what about that statement is false? So I mean, I'm going to read it once again here. 1981 novel Who Censored Roger Rabbit was eventually adapted into the film Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So there's more to the question. Oh, that's, what, the, that's only the first part. Okay, what is the rest of the question? Um, in the in the book, uh, the cartoon Roger is found murdered. Car, the cartoon is found murdered in his house, mm -hmm. and so the correction is very pedantic. Of course, uh, wouldn't the, expect any less. Yes, in the book version, they are not cartoons; they are comic strip characters. That's right. Yeah. Yes, uh, and when they speak. Uh, they don't talk normally, but instead word balloons pop up beside them and just kind of float off into space. And their their only hint to try and find who the murderer is is they find Roger's word bubble trapped under his dead body. That was Jessica. How could you do this? Making oh. it assume that Jessica Rabbit yeah. was the one that killed him. Another gruesome comic death right there. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Mm -hmm. So on point. Uh, but no, I say, thank you for writing in and reminding us of that fantastic moment. From, yes. From, I rewatched that episode probably once a month. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yes. I like hearing my name said, <laughs> but not on this podcast. Just not. No, no, no. I don't like my voice. That's different. Well, what if I say Cameron Dexter? Then that's fine. That's fine. That works yeah. I get that little, that little endorphin rush. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> Far be it for me to judge someone for being vain and narcissistic. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, thank you, Jake, Sam, and Ashley for writing in. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, uh, if you had thoughts on <laughs> this Aquaman two-parter, uh, if you have suggestions for stuff to read, or if you have questions you would love to have us uh, read on the podcast, we often do the uh, the Cameron's Question Corner segment, just not mm -hmm. this week. Uh, the best place to reach us is either Twitter or Instagram. We're both at Tim Talk Pod. Yes. So, yeah, and. I think that does it for us this week. We did it. We did it. Yeah. We, uh, we've landed this, this bird. We've docked this submarine. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll be back next week to discuss Paradise Lost. So that'd be Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman, yes. Sick. Yes. Return to Paradise Island. Very excited for that indeed. Uh, but until then, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'll be putting out some stuff for Batman Day on those things. I'm saying this now on the air because it forced me to do that and over the course I'll of the rest of the help. day. Yes, Cameron will help. And I'll be there. Yes. Uh, and you can find me at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And if you want to see my art, which hasn't been updated in a while, you can see that at Cameron.Dexter. If you want to see my face that hasn't been updated in a while, you can find that at camdexter underscore adventures. That is not true, Cameron. Your, your face just keeps getting better looking. You know, you got a little more, uh, you know, beard coming in here. It's looking solid. Your your hair, as I pointed out earlier, is looking even more quaffed than normal. Yep. I'm, I'm jealous of that wave, man. It Thank looks you. fantastic. I, I, I try every day to get my hair to look anywhere near as good as that, and I fail every single time. It is, so. it is my only remaining feature that has kept up since I stopped boxing. Hey, but you know what? It's great. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And the thing is, I think most people, you know, the thing is you can get back into boxing again and you can, you know, you can kind of like get back into the sort of shape you were beforehand, but you know, you can never fix hair like that. It's called a wig. It doesn't, wigs are so obvious. Not anymore. There's very nice wigs nowadays. Look, there's some great wigs, but it's not the same. Like you get to wake up every day and look at yourself in the mirror and go, this is my natural hair. It just looks as good all the Isn't time. Isn't it a wig in the boys? Who? Uh, a Homelander. Probably. Yeah. He's not naturally blonde. Okay, yeah. Isn't that weird? He's also no. Australian. No. Is... That, that happens all the time. There are many, <laughs> there are a great many Australian actors in wigs. Yes. <laughs> over the course of the planet. 
Anyways, thanks for listening as always. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Did I do something at the end? You don't have anything anymore. I don't have anything anymore. I don't know. I mean, we could just sing the theme, I guess. Batman. Ba ba ba. Yep. Ba ba. <laughs> <laughs>